Hey guys, welcome to Group Chat. Only on Dash Radio, on the 1234 World Station. Every Wednesday night, 8 to 10 Eastern Time, 5 to 7 Pacific Time. I'm Kev. This is Soft Glass. I'm Joan. This is Jack. And we'll be right back after a quick song break. Group chat, show where we talk about stuff. That was Froyo Ma with their smooth, so smooth. What's shout up, out Zach. Oh, shout out Zach. Yeah. What's up? Not much, man. How's your guys' week? Not bad. Uh, slow. Slow. Yeah. Yo, not for me. Are you kidding? <laughs> you, had a, you had a show on Wednesday, right? Yeah, I had a show. Oh, wait, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, I had a show on Tuesday. 
and that whole thing was like woke up at like 7 a.m. to go to a rehearsal that morning. Shout out. Oh, plug. Shout out. Uh, Converse Rubber Tracks. I got to rehearse there. They're awesome over there at Converse. And that's in Brooklyn too? Yeah, that's in, yeah. in Williamsburg. And then during the uh, during the rehearsal, we did a shoot for Fader. So look out wow. for your boy. Mm. That's awesome. Your boy. You and who? Uh, and Bosco. Gotcha. Awesome, awesome artist. Shout out Bosco. Like the coolest, the coolest girl. Um, Very cool. I got to see you guys perform live. A yeah. lot of energy. Yeah, you that show. Awesome. That show was that. That show is more so of like a dance party. Yeah. No, know? everyone was dancing. It was yeah. dope. It what was, was really the cool. venue? It was at Come On Everybody in Brooklyn. It's a relatively new venue, but it's quickly becoming one of my favorite venues in in Brooklyn and maybe all New York. And what was cool is we got to open up for Sunny Moon and Anna Wise. And if you've never seen them perform live, you, that's an experience. It's magical. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it really is crazy. <laughs> they they pull you into a, a world and you're just in a trance for an hour or whatever the show is. But it was it was amazing. Shout out Sunny Moon and everybody and it was, it was everyone awesome. involved. Marcus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marcus, Marcus Gilmore, Gilmore played drums and killing it always. Yeah, that's always the guy Gilmore. you took photos of, right? Yeah, recently. Yeah, that's speaking Marcus. of which, you guys opened up your new endeavor. Yeah, yeah. that's the, exciting. The Glass House. Uh. <laughs> 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 yeah, I could not. I almost missed that opportunity for that pun, but <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> and for people who don't know or haven't put it together, it's only one S. Yes. Just like his name, Soft Blast. Yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> but it's cool. We got to we got to finally we have we got a whole bunch of equipment to conduct our own photo shoots and video shoots and whatever we want to do here. Yeah, you and I were talking about it, and it's really excited, exciting not to be. I mean, if we think of something or any cool idea, we can just do, do it. it in the comfort of your home, which is very exciting, and that flexibility is just. Yeah, it's liberating. So now, Kev, it's time to get your headshots done. Like, watch oh, out, everybody! Yeah. We're, gonna, we're kicking off Kev's modeling career oh, now. This finally. is group chat was really just a platform to kick Kev's model career. And Jack's singing career. And Zach's singing career. Zach's singing career. And my singing career too. But that didn't go over too well, so I'm out. I'm just helping everyone else now. So busy week, man. Yeah, but it was good. We got, you know, episode two went on air and that was amazing thank you everybody for yeah. tuning in and checking it out on soundcloud and we're gonna we're gonna shout love. out specifics at the end of the show oh yeah because we got a lot of love from certain people that we're very love. thankful for yeah but. so what's up with you jack uh so i worked monday through thursday then friday i actually met family from argentina who i'd never oh, wow. met before nice it was I'm probably getting this wrong, but I think my grandma, so we met this woman and I think her father was cousins with my grandma and my grandma's from Germany originally. And so we met this woman and also her niece. So they're like cousins, however many times removed or second cousin, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it was interesting because on my dad's side, we don't have a huge part of the family that we keep in touch with yeah. so it was interesting to meet 
more people. And then on Saturday, yesterday, since we're recording this today on Sunday, I woke up, did some notes and research for the show and stuff, and then went hiking in Yonkers. Oh, wow. That's which awesome. isn't too far of a drive from me because where I'm at in the Bronx is almost like near the border. Yeah. So it's not a far drive. And then it was some of the paths were a little covered in snow still. So it wasn't ideal, but found some new spots to go when it's warmer. Oh, wow. Did you, were you able to take some photos? A few. Awesome. Yeah. Of course, man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, at night, watched this movie, Mistress America. Mm. I like looked it up real quick before watching and I saw that Noah Baumbach had directed it and I had just been talking about it with someone. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. And it was actually really good. What else has Noah directed? He, well, he co-wrote Fantastic Mr. Fox and oh, okay. The Life Aquatic with Wes. Oh, wow. mm. okay. And then he also did this movie, The Squid and the Whale, which yep. is pretty popular. Yep. And the movie was really good. A lot better than I thought. Really interesting pacing. Usually that's not like one of the top things I'm interested in in a movie necessarily, but that was like my favorite element of this. Oh, cool. And the main actor was really good. I hadn't seen her in anything before, but she's really good. And it, it surprised me. And it came out last year. Cool. So I would revise my 2015 list and put it, <laughs> I put it at number two because it was really good. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Speaking of pacing, guys, you know what else had really good pacing? Star Wars. Star Wars oh, did Star Wars Wars had really good pacing. Um, never stop moving. But that's when you know a movie's really great when an element that you're not even looking for looking for stands out. Right. And the that's dialogue was really good. And it kind of pairs with the pacing, but really sharp and quick. And you never get bored watching it. Well, if it's anything like Star Wars, I'm going to definitely give it a... <laughs> <laughs> we had to shoehorn it in there we somehow. We had to get it in there somehow. Kev, what's going on with you, man? Man, my week was pretty slow. Didn't really do much. Um... Really, nothing. Like on Monday, I think just picked up my girl that was visiting her parents in LA. Chilled with her for a day, and was supposed to like go shoot or film something, and got canceled. So just stayed home and yeah, worked on some personal projects and whatnot. Oh, that's awesome. For some reason, getting into The Sopranos now, it's, it's not bad. Oh, <laughs> you know what's weird is actually I feel like everyone is getting into older TV. Like, my girlfriend's watching all of Sons of Anarchy right now. Oh, I just finished that, like, a few months ago. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, everyone's <laughs> just kind of getting into stuff we missed out on because we were all watching Breaking Bad. John, <laughs> yeah, that's true. How about you, John? How's your week? Oh, man. Uh, great week. Just getting ready. I start a, a new job tomorrow. Oh, Yeah. The kids, John got a job. <laughs> John got a job. The kid's going full-time, so I'm really excited about that. Also, I spent a lot of this week dreaming about moving to California and not dealing with this winter. And yeah, I just, it's, I need to move to LA. It's going to so. happen. <laughs> it's going to happen for, for all of us, I feel, eventually. We'll just move the show to LA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll be right back after a song.
was Okaga CA by Tyler. And we're back on group chat. Yay. Yay. What a crazy week. Yo, it has been it's been like a soap opera. Like I I reality almost, show. I can't believe that what has happened has really happened. Like I feel like we're just getting trolled by everyone. Yeah, yeah. it almost seems scripted. The whole world is a troll. We have like real life supervillains yeah. out there <laughs> sending out hits on like former rappers. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's like it's almost like what everyone wishes would happen is finally happening. Like people are finally saying what people like wished in a in like an alternate reality, and now that people are actually going crazy, people don't know how to react. It's, it's like, too much yeah. information. It's too much. Yeah. Where should we even start? <clears throat> yeah. What did we have this week? Let's just name them all. Let, let's run down. Yeah. Okay, so Bob thinks the world's flat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the first one. Um, He's just disregarding modern science. So. Yeah, I'll tell you what though. If you scroll through his feed, he's got some pretty convincing <laughs> screenshots oh, that would make you think otherwise. <laughs> the only one I saw is a picture with, of him with mounds in the bag. He's like, shouldn't this be at a 93 yeah. degree angle? <laughs> yeah, he like brings up random science. Explain like, this. Like, and that? it's a flat picture of like the map. And you're like, all right, well. <laughs> the best part is that Superstar physicist Neil deGrasse Tyson actually responded on national TV, and he did uh, like a rap style freestyle. He just came back at him with just the craziest bars. It was on the nightly show, right? Yeah, on the With nightly Larry show. Larry Wilmore. Yeah, Larry Plug. Wilmore. No, Larry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. He, so and then Neil deGrasse Tyson's what nephew? Yeah, I think that was before it actually. Right. Well, before he did the nightly show, but yeah. his nephew put out a, a diss track over what? Yeah, he. So Neil deGrasse so Tyson, the beef goes strong. Nephew did a rap like beef track over what beat was it? It was over back to back. Honestly, I didn't listen to it. I was just like, <laughs> oh okay, my God. so it was over the back to back beat, and yes. it's called fact to flat. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my god It was like flat to So flat I think flat this is the fact. first ever beef Towards ideals that the world is flat Like who's that and beef towards, directed like, towards Like scientists. that diss track yeah. diss I want to see more scientists involved in beef It's cool I saw uh, Brian Green versus Neil deGrasse Tyson Beef and it was the best thing ever Like they were He was just like well heh, Hit me up when you figure out string theory <laughs> And all the other scientists were like Oh <laughs> It was the best. See, people were overreacting when Nike distract or when Kanye distract Nike. Yeah. Now we're getting distracts against like the world. Universal. Being, theories. Yeah, like <laughs> theories and like, like real life four hundred year old like facts. I think people are just going crazy and we're just like double guessing. We're just questioning the laws of like physics. Soon people no, are we're not. Bob is. To be Don't clear, group us together with Bob. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so that was one thing that happened. Should we get into Martin Screlly next? Oh my god. Yes, we absolutely should. How do you, by the way, how do you pronounce his last name? Screlly. Screlly? Yeah. Okay. There was a kid at our school, Kev, I don't know if you remember, Danny mm-hmm. Screlly. Danny Screlly. Yeah. Shout, out Shout out Danny Screlly. Shout out. If boss. he somehow hears it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he might. Yeah. So Juwan, tell us, because Juwan was the one who brought this <clears throat> to my, I was... I was working one morning on some stuff, and Juan so, okay. came up to me. Was like, so everyone was talking about a certain 
Twitter exchange that went down with Kanye and Wiz Khalifa and Amber Rose. Which we'll get to. <clears throat> yeah. Mm -hmm. And nobody... And nobody, I feel like nobody was paying attention to this other viral video that TMZ dropped that was Screlly threatening the life of Ghostface. With a round of white goons around him. Yeah, so masked goons. Con yeah, context, pretty... this is the same guy who uh, spiked up the, the price of yeah. the, the HIV. I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. medicine, yeah. And, and uh, this is the same guy who bought the Wu-Tang album, uh... Shaolin, yeah, yeah, and for a crazy amount. It was a yeah, millions of dollars, and he was the same one who also said he didn't feel like listening to it. Yeah, it was, and by for context, this is the only record made. Like the he only, holds right, the supposedly, only, yeah, supposedly. So he uh, decided to, for all the money, as like it was actually like purposely shitty quality, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like footage of him and like. Probably on purpose. A dim lit room, <laughs> swirling like a glass of wine <laughs> on some supervillain type yeah. like scenario. It's crazy. With like three goons in the bag. Three goons Super who <laughs> proceed masked. to threaten the life Might have of Ghost. There, there, oh, yeah. there were three of them. There I'm gonna I'm gonna play the audio right after this. Okay. Just so you please hear don't. How ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's honestly one of those things where you have to watch it because we have a Group I think chat. it's better as a visual. Yeah, we have a group chat, group chat messaging. Like we text each other in a group. And pun, pun. Yeah, and pun, pun, pun. pun. I text, like I, I sent a text out of what happened. Just all caps. You guys have to watch this yeah. right now. And Jack was at work. Kev immediately saw it and re reacted properly, which was like a surprise face. Yeah, what the fuck did <laughs> I just watch? <laughs> and Jack was like, "Oh, I read it crazy. I'll watch it when I get up." And then the re the reaction when you actually watched it, what was the difference between reading it and actually watching it? Reading it, you get the gist, but watching it, it's like, oh my god. It's, this is this is really ridiculous. happening? It was honestly a supervillain. It really was. It was, yeah, it was straight out of a movie. And I'm surprised he's not, like, arrested. Because isn't he out on... He was making legitimate he's made, he's death doing threats. He's doing trial. No, yeah, he's, he's they were, trial, like, legit right? threats. Yeah. I'm pretty could, sure you. The other guys weren't showing their. The thing faces, is, like you know, was. Ghostface. It's not like he's not gonna file anything. <laughs> yeah. The cops to do. He anything might get to shot him, before but. his trial. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see if he makes it. He, like he said that he saw one of Ghostface's like boys, boys like kill a priest like really. Oh my and God. Then yeah. Cop please with yeah. the police and stuff. Some like real ass shit, and I just can't. I, and then he was like basically saying, Ghost, you know, he's not going to do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, he was like, You have 48 hours to, to, to send write me. a message, a heartfelt message, basically humiliating him. He was like, Oh, 500 word minimum. <laughs> no <laughs> grammatical like errors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, he was no like, typos. And he's like, If not, then there will be more consequences than this video here. Right. And he looked around and he was like, Haha. Right. And they all started <laughs> laughing. And, they were like, and, and his goons were making random points, though. Like, yeah, boy. Yeah, I'll yeah, get boy. you. <laughs> you on the skirt. Yeah, bitch. You guys remember uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman? Like, they put on a fake voice yeah. to, to conceal their identities. I feel like it just wasn't real. It was so In real strange. life, they talk like, Hi, my name is. <laughs> yeah, they have like. <laughs> See, and we contemplated, or at least I did, bringing this topic up. Man, I don't want to hit on me now. 
Yeah, like, I, mean, I don't, don't want, want Screlly to <laughs> listen to group chat. Me. I might make you an enemy. I might have to write an essay, like <laughs> apologizing for my actions. I'm um, not good at grammar. Either. But nothing's happened since. I mean, this is uh, three days ago, and nothing's happened. And Ghostface hasn't written an know. essay, right? That and, we know of. But th- what's crazy is that that got overshadowed by, by a lot of other beef, dumber stuff. The Kanye Wiz Amber yeah, Rose. Was, that was that ridiculous. Was so funny. Who wants to take the lead on this? It, it was funny, but Kanye takes the L for me. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it was justifiable. He shouldn't have done that. He went over the line, but you guys want to? I'm not saying he didn't go over the it. line, but I wouldn't say he takes an L. He's just being Kanye, you know. I'm not saying that excuses it, but he doesn't yeah. take an L for me. This didn't come as a surprise for me. Like Kanye's overreacted before. He's and he's got he's lashed out. Before. He's been way worse. He's been well, way has worse. Has he like apologized so quickly and, and he, realized he, that's his the mistakes? thing that the turnaround was really quick. It was, it was a day. Bad, it was, yeah, it was a day, not day. even. It was like hours within later. hours. Hours yeah. later, yeah. Um, but I was just seeing because I have his like tweet notifications turned on, so I was just seeing them as they went. And as I was we all should. Dying. Did you think he got hacked? Or you really? No, way. no, that was yeah. him. That was real. That was him. Yeah, I. <laughs> It, the whole world stopped. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see Twitter analytics for... Oh, they. I saw, like, the Fader posted something, and they said a crazy amount. Like, more people were talking about it than Rihanna's album. Like, it was just Well, insane. yeah, because the Rihanna Drake song officially came out. Came out that morning. That morning. Then yeah. the Kanye beef happened. Which just, then... to, I didn't know about it. Just to give you a sense of how... I didn't know about the Rihanna... Single at the time. Rihanna and Drake drop a song and nobody talks about it. That's that just gives you how much yeah (laughs) how the magnitude of the beef. And we just it was just so raw and unfiltered that I think that was what was so I guess I mean it was entertaining, that's what it was. I think the only I think the part where he went over the line was when he was talking about the kid the kid and Amber But the beginning part was like it's so funny when was he was really like, funny. "No, it was like, funny. bro, you got your whole shit from Cuddy." And yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" But you wear cool pants though. <laughs> like, yeah, I wish I was tall and skinny. <laughs> but I'll settle for being the greatest artist in the world. Yeah. You know what though? I I was talking about it with my girlfriend, and we were saying how if if somebody would have said the same thing to Kanye, for example, if Ray J would have said, "Kanye, you wouldn't have a kid if it wasn't for me." Which was exactly what Kanye said to Wiz right, right. about his kid. Kanye would kill over something like uh, over somebody saying yeah, that's that. true. Yeah. Somebody talking about his daughter and his wife. So to me, the amount of restraint Wiz showed, and although they, I saw that very at a concert, yeah, he, he said, he said Kanye, which is mild. Yeah, that's yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah. So but, yeah, I mean, I I think it was good that he didn't go on a huge twitter rant himself and all that absolutely so anyway with kanye as i so wrongly stated last week <laughs> he actually did change the name of the album and you guys were right i said it from it's swish <laughs> from swish it's just waves 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 so smooth yeah waves. look i just had a feeling that Kanye wouldn't name his album after the emblem of the company he literally just dissed. Right. It just didn't make sense. Kind of understanding Kanye's 
whole career trajectory, I just I couldn't see him naming it Swish because the word Swish will forever be tied to Nike. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just what it is. And if anything, it would have been counterintuitive to name a piece of your career after something that you've so vocally stood against. So now it should be Stripes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Stripes. Waves is a horrible name. Let's just be honest. Uh, it depends. It looks For like... him, well, I don't think it makes sense. Let's talk about the track list. How did you guys feel about that? Because we've already heard four out of the ten songs. More Maybe five? That. Like six. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I've heard like but he could have reworked them. I'm I'm willing to bet he did. He did plus, that a lot on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Plus he released. added in a new song too. The, oh uh, yeah, the ultra the light beam. And he also added acts. So there yeah. are three acts now. Is that kind of tacked on? I don't know. I feel like you remember when we were talking about last week. <clears throat> we, we talked about how it was just a little confusing how he. He gave us a snippet of No Parties in L.A., right, the week before. But then that week, he had to fly straight to the studio to finish the song. To Italy. To, yeah. So, the, and now the track list is done, but now he's posting all these pictures yeah. of him in the studio working with all of these Everyone. people. Who, yeah, which we're the, all the, like, geeking out about. The he posted of the track list, every couple of days you see it again with more people. More people. <laughs> <laughs> so that begs the question has is it done like what what are they no, recording i don't okay. think so it's not done something's changing but he always does stuff until the last minute yeah like yeezus yeah. was super last minute yeah but yeezus sounds like it was like you could hear right he just needs to bring rick rubin in again <laughs> <laughs> or john bryan I was super happy to see Cuddy and Andre 3000 with him in the studio. Yeah, yeah that was really... And I like the fact that Chance's name's on there yeah. as well. And Earl. Mm-hmm. And Earl. He needs um, to get Tyler in there. I'm yeah. really upset that he changed the title of a song that I've never heard before, but was, for whatever reason, very excited to see. It was like Karate Chop, Ninja Chop. Ninja Chop. <laughs> That's no longer the name of the song, and I'm What's very disappointed. I don't know. That title sounds so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Ninja Chop. That oh man. Nina, Nina. Nina Chop. Nina Chop. N I N A. Nina, like Nina Simone Chop. Did he change oh, it though? I didn't say I thought that. it was Ninja Chop. I don't I, it, care about it. It's not so hard anymore. <laughs> I yeah, when I first saw it I thought it was Ninja Chop and then I looked at it and I realized it was Nina Chop and that's when I realized that maybe it's just he chopped up a Nina Simone mm. song. See, I thought it was gonna be like Japanese influence. <laughs> either uh, way, martial either, arts. Either way, I was good. very excited for it. Clearly, that's not the direction this album was going in. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to it. So that new, <laughs> that Nina Chop song is now called Famous. Right. Okay. Right. Huh. Which, could, if that's the case, that still works. I mean, it could still. Nina Chop could have been the placeholder name for it because yeah. they chopped the Nina song or something, and now they gave it an official name. I but never, it could still be a Nina Chop. I don't know. It could, but I didn't. It, I don't know. I didn't think of it that way. It just right. sounds like a super hard title. Right. <laughs> yeah. But we'll discuss Rihanna's album, which we have to hold us off until this album. Yeah. And we'll do that after the break. Here's a song. Be right back. Group chat.
of rihanna her album came out the other day what do we think about it anti wait first let's just talk about real quick how it came out so wednesday morning the single with drake came out on bbc it premiered work and then later in the day the whole thing just leaked and it was everywhere and then she officially put it out like, did right title accidentally leak it that's what they, i heard no they leaked the track list i think okay and then did that's how it went they only leaked that's the what track i list? saw but maybe okay. they leaked the whole thing i don't know i remember there was a lot of there's a lot of confusion though surrounding the leak whether or not oh, yeah, it was definitely. it was on purpose or whether it was just a result but then of, she like gave away digital copies for free through something with maybe samsung yeah. so 
whatever it was, it didn't matter because it went platinum because of that Samsung deal, like yeah. right away. Right. She learned from Jay. Yeah. She yeah. learned from Jay Z. And I hear that like she bought like millions of users to title with this album. I don't I don't know if that's true, but I don't know. I was like that. reading some article that not, like, I, like I don't think title, paid users. Yeah, I feel like titles always lying about. It's yeah, they're trying <laughs> about like, it. So it's like that. I don't know if it's true, and, but anyway, let's get into the actual music. What do you guys think, Juwan? What did you think? Juwan was the one that he he just. He was see Juwan is and this is what I love about Juwan. If you tell him to listen to an album, he'll literally put his headphones on and pace the house for two hours, <laughs> listening to the album straight through multiple yeah. times. And he'll he'll listen. He just won't he won't just like skim through it. He'll Drum listen roll to it to get this. So Juwan, yeah. what did you think? It was good. It was a good compilation of songs. It wasn't cohesive. Um, I didn't think. It was cohesive, and I didn't think it was a complete. It wasn't what I want out of an album, um, mm. but it was a lot of good Rihanna singles on an album. And if I can kind of go a little deeper than Please. that, I thought um, the first four tracks had me. And yeah, then the it, beginning is really good. Yeah, 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 and then it lost a little momentum in the middle. Uh, in the middle Woo being the exception, because right. I do like I that song a lot. And then the latter half of the album sounded like. A different album right after the Tame Impala cover um, attempt. Yeah, attempt, so which was strange. It was weird. It sounded nothing. It didn't sound any different. Yeah, there was no. The instrumental was she the same. She added literally nothing to it. It was a cover. She it was, was literally a cover. Yeah, she could have named it. Cover. I is that the only thing I'm worried about with that is people thinking it's her song. That's the first thing we talked not, about. Yeah. Giving credit to Kevin Parker, right? We should start. Who here. was apparently a fan of it? They asked him about it. Oh, really? Well, yeah. he's making bank, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's probably getting paid off of it right now. Probably, definitely getting paid. Yeah, um, but it just went everywhere. Then there was an acoustic song afterwards, and then there was "Love on the Brain" was straight out of an Alabama Shakes album. It's amazing. Yeah, it that's a great one song. of my favorite songs. Same. It was the best her voice sounded on the album, but it did not sound it. It, it definitely just, no. It definitely reminded me of something else i don't yeah. know what it is and that was the but... case with a lot of songs on this album yeah that the first few songs one of my favorite songs if not my yeah one of my favorite songs on the album was um oh man track three kev what's the kiss of butter yeah it sounded like Probably... a song she would make with dev hines yes that's exactly, exactly, exactly the hook the guitar and the bass synth sounds just like some dev hines what is it like. what does it say when because you ha we haven't talked about this and Literally, what you're saying, Jack, is word for word what Juwan was saying about <laughs> and, each track. So, what does it say? And before we were recording track one, you thought the same thing. Yeah, I said the first track, the drums sound like Tyler. That's exactly. That's what exactly I said. what Juwan. So, you guys had hadn't even talked about it, and you thought the exact same thing. So, if we just multiply that to most people hearing the album and say like having a, a general knowledge of all of these influences, if you can. It's not even like you can be like, oh, it's kind of like this mixed with this. You can point to exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, even yeah. the song we just played, Woo, Travis is on it, but it sounds like a Travis song. It's yeah. a Travis song, yeah. Yeah, he was on Even Desperado, you can kind of hear Travis yeah. also on it. Absolutely. And what was uh, James Joint sounds like the internet, the band. Yep. Yeah. 
so that's much. Exactly. Yep. And that I guess that's where the album has a bit of a problem for me, and that's pacing. Yeah. The pacing on the album, because of all these different sounds and stuff, it just pulls me in so many different ways that I come out of it thinking that was a cool playlist that somebody put together that all happened to be <laughs> Rihanna songs that wasn't cohesive. But that was a cool mixture of songs. If we pick out any song, I don't think any of us would be like that song sucks. Like we don't like that song. Every so, there's something good about every track, and some tracks are exceptional. They just don't mold together, and for this being her first album in three years, I believe mm -hmm. that was a little disappointing. But I can't. It was a good album. I'm not. I like it. Yeah, it's you it's know? weird because if you individually pick out songs, like to me, uh, "Love on the Brain" that's the best her vocals have sounded. Yeah, personally for me, in a long, probably ever, ever. Like she yeah, sounds yeah. incredible on that song. Insane. And um, Love Jones, right? Um, Love Jones. Or uh, Love, uh, James Jones. James, James Jones. Jones, yeah. I, see, I'm thinking of <laughs> Frank Ocean when I think of that song. Yeah. So, uh, a pilot, I thought of Pilot Jones when I thought, when I thought of the song. So, that she sounds song, exactly like Sid the Kid, though. Yeah, she does. And, uh, yeah, her vocals sound exactly like Sid. Which is crazy. Yeah, but I love that song. No, I love it I, too. It's and, one of my favorites. And that's the thing, if we're thinking about it as an album i think i've never really personally gravitated towards rihanna's albums but this is probably the most i've enjoyed her yeah. individual songs this is the first time i've actually sat down and listened to a rihanna album right. yep i think we can all say that yeah. kev how, no. do, how do you feel because I, I i wouldn't say i was a fan but i i like the few tracks on unapologetic i think it's but yeah. did you like sit down and actually listen front to back to the whole album yeah probably not that's probably what i'm not. saying you heard a bunch of singles yeah because all her singles go and it's not like i didn't like her i just never right i don't know i never right. did it a positive though is that all of these influences are awesome like yeah. come from awesome sources right yeah with all three this being of the influences said, four that we said were on our top albums of last year mm -hmm. yeah right. so it's all coming from a good place i just wish that love on the brain if it if the whole album, if she found that focus, if she did and that for worked, a whole album. She did that oh for, my God. and that's that's kind of what I felt with a lot of the tracks. Like, why didn't you go in this direction, in this direction? And I just thought it'd be a little more cohesive. I'm I'm saying that word a lot, but I think it. But that's good the missing should be. Cohesive. Yeah, that's the missing link, especially for this album for me, especially because it took so long to develop. I mean, it's tough. If if we contextualize what this was, like, let's not forget this is an album from. A multi-platinum pop artist, one yeah. of the so, biggest pop stars, one of the biggest in pop the stars. world. So, if we think about it like that, this is actually a pretty incredible leap yep. that she took because it it's hard. It's so hard because, I mean, think about think of any Chris Brown album, right? It, it's all a bunch. I can't of, think of any. <laughs> exactly because <laughs> it's a it's a compilation of a bunch of singles. That's all albums really are for most pop stars yeah so if you think about it like that and you think about what this album did for all of the criteria it had to right she hit. had to meet certain she had to meet a lot right. of yeah but still was able to put together a collection of really dope songs yeah but i'm i mean i'm with you as far as if we if we kind of strip it away from that context and just look at it and compare it to our favorite albums of last year for example yeah there there's very little cohesion, but I don't know. I enjoyed I'm, this I'm, album. More I'm not mad at it. I like the fact that it's like 
having a bunch of singles together, especially for her, because like you were mentioning, she has what three years without an album. Yeah, I think she was just dropping anything she had that was pretty good or that. Yeah, wherever she got her inspiration from, and I'm not mad at that. So like, I think if she were to drop an album a year from now or two years from now, she could probably concentrate it to something like yeah, the song um, "Love on the Brain." And kind of base it around that and perfect it, but yeah, I do think she took a big leap. Easily the best album sheets. I think this is great for music right now. Yeah, especially I mean, how many people are going to hear that album and hear those sounds? That's awesome because that could put them on to other stuff that maybe didn't get that much attention last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you could hear on episode one of <laughs> Plug. There was <laughs> Plug Plug. There was a uh, what was. So on the track listing, did it list uh, Tame Impala? No, no, it doesn't. No? Hmm. But see, that's where I I think that's what I'm saying. Maybe here we should, we should start that campaign of saying well, we don't know what, this is Tame Impala's song. We but, don't know what kind of deal yeah. went on. Also, but regardless, you know how powerful it would be for our oh, fan be base to see Tame Impala's name on a track list Absolutely. and immediately gravitate towards it mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I want to go check out whoever this Tame yep. Impala is. That'd be huge. So I know there's a for, bunch to there's be, for money. his name to be on a record like that. Right. And I know there's money and whatnot involved yeah, in maybe. the background and he's I mean, I'm sure he's fine with it. But I'm sure he's fine. Personally I would have loved for the millions of Rihanna fans who heard the album to immediately go and listen to Tame Impala's current. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. If you were Kevin Parker, would you have agreed to the deal with no credit? Well, I don't it would depend on what the deal entails. Well, what would it that's take? Thing. I don't I know. Think I mean, he clearly got money. Or... I think that's what actually happened. Even For me he... personally, I have no idea. If he, even if he gets like portions because of... at at this stage of his career, what is what like what would benefit? I I don't know. So, I can't really say about that. I would have loved it for the I like for the bigger picture of music in general and like the music industry. I think that'd be awesome for people to yeah. gravitate towards what, that what was what was the exact question jack if you were kevin parker mm-hmm. would you take that deal yes i think i'll take it too. i would Be- too because it's not like they it's not like she asked him to produce a brand new song and then he doesn't get yeah. any credit also you know, this is the a song has been out for a while now yeah and yeah. it has its own life for people who know the band mm-hmm. right so i think i'd be okay with it it's for me, it's like, what was the whole thing with Frank Ocean and he he uh, he covered... Uh, Aaliyah? No, he covered on... On his first... On uh, his first album, yeah. he covered that... Uh, oh, oh Hotel California? Hotel California, right. So he covered Hotel California and they were mad because they didn't get any money. But it was a mixtape. Right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I guess it doesn't. But that's, <laughs> but I was, that's I, also a whole different argument. Yeah, but I mean, I guess the connection I was making was if there was money involved, they wouldn't care if he right. would have put I get what you're saying. You know, yeah. credits on. So that's that's where I'm coming from is this is a song that's already been done. It's already been released and it's not, you know, it's very clearly a cover. Right. His name being on the track listing, I'm sure didn't bother him yeah as long as he got paid for it right yeah. but for me i would have loved to see his name on there just for the sake of having 
Rihanna's fan base get familiar with a band and a person who they absolutely should be familiar with. Yep. Yeah. Also, speaking of money, the day or so before it came out, she posted a picture on Twitter of her wearing these crazy headphones, and they turned out to be a collaboration she did with Dolce & Gabbana, and they cost $9,000, and they came out and sold out in less than a day. Those things are more crown than headphones. Yeah. Yeah. They were... Uh, they had Swarovski crystals and metallic rings. Ooh, and pearls. Embedded. So the best kind of crystals, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know anything. That is high quality crystal. <laughs> yeah, it's like a... It's a crown, right? And so, Kev, you were saying how you wanted that... Those headphones? Yeah, man. Wear them on the train. Wear them on, on the, the train. train. Yeah. <laughs> no one would notice them. It's, also, in another accessory-related note, Pharrell bought back shares in BBC Ice Cream, Ooh. which this media place, Iconic, Iconics, had bought in 2012. They bought like 50% of the shares through like a joint venture with Jay-Z because they also bought Rockware back in 07. But then... They've been having a lot of trouble these past few years. Like they had a bunch of layoffs and they have trouble with the SEC and stuff. And they said BBC only represented 1% of their Ooh, money wow. being made. So Pharrell wanted to take it and expand it again. And I think it's really important that he's doing that. I don't remember the last time I saw anyone wearing BBC. Yeah, wearing BBC. For those who don't know, he started it in 2003 mm -hmm. with Nigo from Beat, and it was a big part of the culture for a while. Those were the uh, ice cream shoes, right? Yeah. yeah. I had a pair, had a pair of oh, yeah. <laughs> which I totally forgot about until you brought the story up for the podcast. And one thing about BBC, too, that I wanted to bring up just for people who don't know as much about the brand is a quote from this person, Lois Villepanto who is the head of special projects nice. for P and I am other. When I say P, I mean Pharrell. And Pharrell wanted to make sure that people didn't misread the name Billionaire's Boys Club. Basically, the brand is to inspire people to get into something they feel is important to do with their life, but it has nothing to do with money. A lot of people were very confused at the beginning because the prices were expensive, but that wasn't necessarily because we wanted to have it very expensive. It was because we were manufacturing the clothes in Japan. 100% of the line was made in Japan, and that process is very expensive. I think it was important to have that motto, wealth is of the heart and mind, not the pocket, in place so it can help with the press when people ask them about it. It was simple to explain it. And they have a crazy store in Soho that's still there. Super yep. cool design. Have you guys gone before? Yeah. I have not. The first you time I go. ever came to New York, it was crazy. I was uh, I was 17, and I was I mean I've always been a huge Pharrell fan. And I remember I was walking in Soho with my dad, and I had seen all of the touristy stuff, and I was like, eh, you know, eh, Empire <laughs> Stable, eh. And then I saw the store, and I was like, oh my god, that's Pharrell's! <laughs> and I freaked. That was like the first thing I freaked out about when I saw um, when I came to New York. I bet you still remember the scent of the store. The yeah, smell. yeah. So. This is, that's the thing, right? It's, this is important just to have, because there, I have so many memories tied to BBC 
that are tied to Pharrell and that are tied to his earlier career. And I just, I can't wait until he has his own, I don't know, until he can express himself. He's been doing it through Adidas, you know, but to have his brand again where he can express himself. I'm really excited for that. He also yeah, like so. collaborated with like Uniqlo and stuff. He you does remember so that? many collabs. Yeah, he's yeah. done everything. Yeah. And on a final music note, we talked about David Bowie last week, and a report came out this week that he's prepared a number of albums to come out now after his death in the upcoming years, and it just adds to what we were saying last week that with his commitment. Plan. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's an art. He turned his death into an art project. That's crazy to me. I gotta start planning mine just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into a song and we'll be right back. Group chat. Group chat. Group chat. And you got me like Just to get close to you Could we burn something today And I'll run for miles Just to get a taste Get it safe. My feet 
That's all it's all good. And we're back on group chat. That was Rihanna's Love on the Brain. Now we're getting into the Oscars. Oscar time! Uh, they haven't happened yet, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-show stuff to discuss. A lot going on. Softlast, you want to get us into it? Uh, yes. So, to understand why certain movies win Best Picture, I had to do a little bit of research because I didn't, I didn't really know how the voting process worked. So apparently it's called, it's uh, runoff voting. And what that means is instead of just each person putting what their winner is on their ballot, they actually rank one through 10, all of the pictures. Or and, however many, it's right. five to 10 yeah. nominations. Right. So they, they'll rank from their favorite to their least favorite. And what will happen is the bottom ranked one on the most ballots will be eliminated and the votes that counted for that bottom one will then be distributed up for the rest of them. So long story short, what what happens with that style of voting is that if you have a movie that's really polarizing, so a lot of people either really, really love it or a lot of people either really, really dislike it or didn't think that it was the best, those movies usually get weeded out. And the movies that have a consensus number two or number three spot, which they call is which they call the danger zone, those movies stay in the running longer. So if they stay in the running long enough while all the other ones get eliminated, then as the bottom votes get redistributed up, those movies gain more and more voting power. Which is to say, usually, the number two or number three on most ballots end up winning Best Picture. So it's a way to kind of pick the safest, most universally uh, enjoyed film. Yeah, I guess that's what I got out of it when you explain this, is that it's just really safe. And that in itself is pretty sad. And also, a little bit more background too. There's over six thousand members in the academy, right? And basically, you have to be in the industry in some way to be part of it. And there's different levels of credentials if you're an actor or director, writer, etc. And different levels to get in. But basically, they all vote and. You just explain the system and yeah. a big problem that has been coming even more to light is the racial diversity issue. Right. And I mean, that has a lot to do with the fact that most of the Academy is white yeah, and older and older. And something else that was interesting that I saw in the video was that that voting process also seems to influence the type of movie that wins. Yeah. So a lot of times, mm-hmm. because these people are in the industry, they tend to gravitate towards films about films. So films about uh, the the movie industry or the entertainment industry. Like Birdman. Right, like yeah. Birdman mm-hmm. or Argo. Yeah. Um, and these, or King's Speech. King's Speech, yeah. And a lot of times... Because these movies are usually 
ranked number two or three on these lists, they end up winning because everybody has them as number two or three. To that point about the types of movies, I was reading this New Yorker article and this film critic Richard Brody, he said that to this day, the Academy proceeds as if movies about black experience were race movies. The result is that only narrow and fragmentary views of the lives of African Americans ever make it to the screen. And I think that this is not an accident. If the stories were told, if the daily lives and inner lives, the fears and fantasies, the historical echoes and the anticipations of black Americans were as copiously unfolded in movies as are those of whites, then lots of white folks would be forced to confront their historical and contemporary shame. They'd no longer be able to claim ignorance of what they'd like not to know, which includes their own complicity in a rigged system. I mean, it's true. And wow. that And that, that kind of brings it back to something Juwan was talking about, where the issue in the lack of diversity in these nominations stems from the fact that black and really just non-white characters or actors aren't being cast for these movies that have these parts in them. And even before that, the movies that have those parts in them for these characters aren't being made. They're not even getting past the initial yeah. process. Of- so, so the problem here and what stemmed from it uh, was that the Oscar isn't so. There's a lack of representation of, you know, other non-white actors or actresses, um, or just artists in general in this year's Oscars, and that is the case. But that's also the case with a lot of other major um, awards, like the SAG Awards or the Critics' Choice or any other awards. And there was no outbreak over that, and it's because I'm. It's obviously because the Oscars are the most popular. And the most famous of award shows, but you can counter that. I mean, there's a greater picture there in the sense that the reason, maybe, maybe the reason is that the Oscars. What if they're genuinely voting? And this is just playing devil's advocate. What if they're? What if the best films this year didn't include non-white people? Right, but it's not just about this year. It's a much bigger. Problem. Absolutely, but I think that part of that stems from that great roles for great movies that are quote-unquote Oscar movies, whatever you want to define that by, are not given to black or non-white actors or actresses. They're not being written for and they're not give, given to. Right. And I think that... cast. You mean they're not casted. Cast, yeah, yeah, cast and, to. And the other, those types of movies are not being given the funding because they're not winning the Oscars. Exactly. Right. It's a vicious circle. It's yeah. Vicious. It's, it's really sad. Yeah. But I think that at its courts, it becomes more than just a racist panel. As you know, mm-hmm. that's that's the narrative right now. But the Oscars I, I whitewashed, and it's more than that. I'm not saying that isn't true, but it goes far deeper than that, and that's just Hollywood. Like, yeah, I actually seen a post the other day, um, just providing information about past stuff with like racism and how the Oscars go about it or casting for these movies and. It was just saying that, like, in the past history, the women that have won Oscars, all the roles have been, like, super racist stuff. Like, like Lupita, 
was a slave in the movie mm. and mm-hmm. some other lady was like an abusive mother and some and other person was another slave and like a black actress has only won once for best actress for best actress and yeah. that was Halle Berry for Monsters Ball yeah. in 2001 and what was that movie about I haven't seen it honestly well I mean it was just it was race driven yeah so wait and that just brings driven. it back to the point of what Jack was saying with yeah. the initial quote mm-hmm. that if it does come to the point where a black actor or actress is awarded it's for these very specific mm-hmm. race driven roles in these very specific race driven movies right whereas that's not it's not like white actors are winning uh oscars for movies about like being a white man it's just you know they're just the experiences <laughs> yeah. are a lot a lot, a lot less yeah. hyper focused like that and it's not based on race so also, and that halts creativity like in general if those are the roles that we see that you know non-white actors are getting nominated for what kind of movies do you think they're going to keep making to give that opportunity to yeah. non-white actors i it's just a shame that when was the last time a black actor won because of this role that didn't that wasn't a commentary on being black yeah yeah like i that's a shame that that i mean i'm sure we can just go back and yeah so for black actors male actors only four of them have won the first was sydney potier in 1963 i'm not sure if i pronounced his last name right for lilies of the field and then it wasn't until 2001 when oh Denzel won for Training Day. Mm-hmm. And since then, Jamie Foxx won for Ray in 2004. And Forrest Whitaker won in 2006 for The Last King of Scotland. Mm-hmm. But it's still been a big lack. And this was this year's nominations were the second year straight when no racial minorities were nominated in, in any of the any, four acting right. co- categories. That's insane. With there being some, like even if they're not winners, oh, absolutely. I mean, I've had this conversation with Joanne about <laughs> there. There are every year there are a couple toss-ups where it's where you have to question: Should this have been nominated? You know, does this belong in the nomination pool? And to me, it's just, for example, this year. You know, Creed didn't get nominated for anything, even though for in the Oscars, even though it has except been, for Sylvester Stallone. Well, Sylvester Stallone, the white guy, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> except for the white also, guy. Also, there's an interesting connection to that in Do the Right Thing when that came out in 1989. One of the actors in that, one of the supporting actors, Danny Aiello, he mm. got a nomination for a supporting actor, yeah, and so none crazy. of the actual actors got it. Wow, that's so crazy. Spike got nominated for the script then, but mm-hmm. it was still before before you finish your point about the Martian. <laughs> I think is what you were getting at. Um, you know me too well. Uh, everybody watched the SNL skit on the oh, Oscars Larry when uh, Ronda Rousey great. hosted it, and it's just so accurate. It's so great. We if Jack, if, have you seen it? Yeah, you guys showed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's it's awesome. Spot on. Spot on. Yeah. Um, but no, what I, I mean, what I was saying, I don't, I'm not shitting on The Martian. I don't, 
It's so predictable. Yeah. I mean, The Martian <laughs> is probably the most... I haven't seen it, but like just the premise of it being an Oscar contender. It's yeah. a very average movie, in my opinion. And it's... I, I get it. I get Ridley Scott is... You know, everybody has been wanting him to make a decent movie for so long now. And I get that Matt Damon did a good job. And I get that the production design was, you know, very, very well done. But it might be the most overhyped movie of the year for me. Because we watched it going in and we were expecting it to be as good as we heard it was supposed to be. And I was very underwhelmed the yeah. whole movie. It was the other end of the extreme, right? Where nobody had any expectations. They were like, oh, another Ridley Scott movie. Yeah. Hey, but I mean, Matt Damon's in it. For me, and that... And then it was, it was yeah. a good film. It was good. Yeah, I'm not saying it was a bad there's movie. There's the overreaction. But, right. And, and this is what I'm... That movie, for me, is a toss-up for, for best picture. Yeah. You know, for best picture, you're telling me that that movie... So, for me, that's a toss-up. And my, my logic is, if... That movie could have been replaced by Creed easily, easily, or Beast of No Nation. Yeah, which we'll talk about later. Easily, uh, but it wasn't because yeah. it's you know. Also, Samuel Jackson, who is in the Hateful the Eight Hateful as the main Eight. character, and who is also a narrator in Chirac, he has never won an Oscar. That's He's only insane. been nominated once in '94 for Pulp Fiction. That's that's insane. It's he. I think even like again, it doesn't mean he would even win it or get close to winning it. But I think he should have been at least in supporting actor, nominated, nominated for yeah. supporting actor. And there have never been black winners in best director, cinematography, editing, or original screenplay. And the only one ever to win best picture was three years ago. For 12 Years a Slave with Stephen mm-hmm. Queen. Mm. Stephen Queen is, is incredible. Which again I, was a movie about slavery. And, yeah, you yeah know, exactly. So it goes back to what we were talking about. So what's the... What's Here, and real quick, here's hoping that uh, Ryan Coogler yeah. changes that. Ryan Coogler directed uh, Fruitville Station. He and directed Creed. 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 And he's directing the Black Panther. Yeah. Of course. The Marvel. He's directing the Black Panther <laughs> yeah, of course. Like Marvel Universe movie. Yeah. Which is going to get, obviously, global recognition because right. Marvel's like a powerhouse. And- but I'm, I'm really... Because he is legitimately an, a great, great director. Yeah. And a great writer. He writes... He wrote Fruitville Station. Uh, and he was young, too, when he wrote it. He's, st- he's, he's really still young. young. He's in his, yeah. what, 20s? Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so, I guess... Before we go on to the next topic, what what's the what's the solution here? Like, how how can people do do people take a stand? How do, how can we voice our opinions? Because clearly, this is well historically. Skewed. I'll just I'll speak first on one thing. One solution that's trying to be done is Spike Lee and Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. Will Smith there. Too, yeah all boycotting the awards and I don't know who else is involved in that but that's one thing they're trying out this year yeah. Chris Rock is hosting right Yeah. Mm-hmm. so I heard he changed his his like monologues mm-hmm. accordingly great yeah. um, I think that he is I, I hope he just <laughs> embarrasses oh, everyone wait. I can't wait it sounds from what I read it sounds like he'll be 
pretty much shitting on forcing it uh, the awards he made like a whole hashtag for it like hashtag white oscars or something so white oscar so white yeah i um we'll see i i think that what i don't want to happen is that next year and this is inevitable the Oscar, they're going to nominate a ton of black actors, <laughs> a ton of black actors. to go, you know, as a result of you say that, but of saving know. everything. We, but, I hope so, but this but... is a possibility. But even if they do that, we have to stand strong and still be vocal about understanding that this is just—it's a makeup call in sports, and I think that's what's going to happen. And if you're going to boycott this year and you get nominated for it next year, boycott that year too and really shove it to them because mm-hmm. that's that's how they're going to feel it, and they're going to try and right their wrongs next year and i hope that this this issue and that also, we, we stay put and also and make sure that personally i don't really care like oscar nominations are not what makes a movie to me but that's not the point you know it doesn't right. matter if it matters to us or not because it's influencing what's getting made what's getting budgets absolutely right and joao you you've brought this up before and um it's the oscars it's such a big such a big deal to the ki- to the little kid who's into filmmaking. What does he see? It's the Super Bowl of it's the Super Bowl of filmmaking. It's the most commercial, widely viewed. Pub- just it, it is what people see. For if you're not into movies, the Oscars is your only window into, I guess, recognition. And now everyone film. is just going to see a lot of. <laughs> no, right, and and right? this is. I mean. The core of it was if you're a 12-year-old kid who's really into filmmaking and you tune into the Oscars... You're not represented. You're not represented. And you're you're basically not even... It makes your dreams seem that much less of being plausible. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's, that's really what's at stake. Because we all know the Oscars... I mean, it doesn't... Oscars, an award doesn't mean anything. Right. It, I'm thinking about that 12-year-old kid whose only means of watching a movie because he doesn't watch all the trailers and go, what do you do? You go, all right, let me look at the catalog of movies that won uh, at the Oscars because those are the best movies and we'll get through them and he, you know, there's the lack of representation and that's what, yeah. that's where I think it really affects. Let's take a song break and we'll be right back. Group chat. I'm with this complexion. Two steps. Two steps. Complexion don't mean a thing. It's a solo line. Ooh, complexion. Two steps. Two steps. It all feels the same. It's a solo line. Ah. Dark is the midnight hour, her bright is the morning sun Give a fuck about your complexion, I know what the germ is done Sneak, sneak me through the back window I'm a good field nigga, I made a flower for you Out of kind just to chill with you You know I go the distance, you know I'm ten toes down Even if that's a listener, cover your ears He bout to mention Complexion Complexion don't mean a thing It all feels the same uh. Dark is the midnight hour, her bright is the morning sun Brown skinned, a bunch of blue eyes, tell me your mama can't run Sneak 
Sneak me through the back window, I'm a good field nigga I made a flower for you out of cotton just to chill with you You know I go the distance, you know I'm ten toes down Even if mess are listening, I got the world attention So I'ma say something that's vital and critical For survival of mankind, the feline color should never rival Beauty is what you're making, I used to be so mistaken By different shades and faces, then wit told me Your woman, this woman love the creation It all came from God, then you was my confirmation I came to where you reside, and looked around and see more sights for sore eyes let the Willie Lynch theory reverse a million times with Complexion Two steps Two steps Complexion don't mean a thing It's a solo solo Cinnamon black tea, and it's all beautiful to me. Call your brothers magnificent, call all the sisters queens. We all on the same team. Blues and pyros, no colors ain't a thing. And we're back to group chat. That was Kendrick Lamar with Complexion, featuring Rhapsody. Featuring Rhapsody with an incredible verse. Yeah, I think we, we talk about it every time I hear anything from that album. I just want to go back and listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Number one of 2015 for me. Yeah, me too. So, with Sundance... Sundance, Sundance, Sundance. It, <laughs> it actually ties into a lot of what we were just talking about. Where, specifically with something that just happened there at the one this year, which just happened. This movie, Birth of a Nation, it got into a huge bidding war because... Netflix and Amazon were going after a lot of movies this time and traditional distributors weren't really going after, especially with the same intensity. Mm. And the highest anyone's ever been offered at Sundance and like what this, the highest anyone's ever been bought mm-hmm. for at Sundance was 20 million. And Netflix made that offer to this movie, Birth of a Nation, which is about 
Nat Turner and the whole slave rebellion he led mm -hmm. and they turned it down because Nate Turner who's the director who also produced it wrote it and stars in it he didn't like the idea of it going on a streaming platform at the same time as a theater mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. he went with Fox Searchlight who offered 17.5 million and they're also the same ones who got 12 Years a Slave, mm -hmm. the Oscar, okay. and they do a lot of movies. And Sony Pictures and the Weinstein Company had also bid a little bit lower. There was a whole bunch of people bidding, and I thought that just said a lot too. And also, even though he didn't accept Netflix's bid, that bid still influenced Fox's right. proposal being mm -hmm. so high. And overall, both with this specifically and in general with Amazon and Netflix, investing in so many places, it's setting this whole new tone for like indie films, mm -hmm. ones that wouldn't have gotten a huge release before, anything like that, or it's been or would have been as accessible to people. Now they're having more of an opportunity and it's really interesting to see that happen and see Netflix and Amazon putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah. And yeah. Netflix giving is, indies a hope. Netflix is like currently bullying themselves to the top. And I love it. Like for the reasons you stated. Like yeah. many movies and even series that we probably would have never gotten. Yeah. Because Netflix is buying them or seeing them so, or getting them. So the standout here is uh, for me, at least, is Amazon's taking itself seriously now with the streaming. Yeah, right? they're yeah. trying. That's crazy. They've got a few TV shows that have found some success on there. Speaking of which, a quick note, a side note, Miley Cyrus was cast for Woody Allen's show that he was doing with Amazon. Okay. And it's set in the 60s. Oh. So that should be interesting. Well, let me... I want to I want to come back to that for sure. But let me ask you... Let me ask you guys, why... Well, specifically, why did he not want to stream it while it's in the theaters? I mean, obviously, it's just a financial decision. Yeah. Well, they did that with Beasts of No Nation, mm -hmm. and it didn't do that well in the box office. Mm -hmm. I think it did $90 million or something. Mm -hmm. and Which is not a lot of money. For movies, yeah. yeah. And Do you think it would I think it's also just a psychological thing that mm. he wanted it to be in theaters first and also basically them the other movies Netflix and Amazon bought at Sundance were from what I read just for streaming purposes yeah. there's still opportunity for these films to be their theater rights to be bought by someone else okay do you think that Beasts of No Nation would have done well in the box office if it wouldn't have streamed i don't know i think I, it should have done better than 90 no for sure but i don't you know what you never know yeah i just don't it came out when did beast and donation get a october? theatrical october it was like october november yeah, there's, yeah there was a bunch know. of other movies speaking of which we're starting a new segment yes yeah R roughly <laughs> yes. roughly titled the book club but it's not about books. At all. Yeah, don't we, worry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to read. So um. each week we'll be introducing a new movie, 
could be show album, album whatever album anything and but books anything yeah <laughs> which is i guess the <laughs> irony of that. <laughs> but so we're basically we'll say it and if you guys hear it and want to watch so you can join us in the discussion then that would be great and basically the idea is it's like an assignment for the week but it's a fun one it's not some school homework yeah. thing so each week we'll we'll alternate so mm-hmm. for example one week kev can be like hey i heard this really great album right i want you guys to listen to i think it would make a great discussion for the show we'll give you a week's notice of this is the album give you a week to listen to it and then we can talk about it unfiltered if it's a movie we can talk spoilers all of that stuff and the point is to have an open conversation that goes both ways and uh and you and can yeah. you can tweet us what you thought you can or email, email us one two three four group chat at gmail.com comment on our soundcloud yeah anything you want just we want to have almost like an open forum with right. all of you kind of expand yeah. this conversation out and to the listener so the fir- we, the reason why we bring this up right now is because the first one for next week is beast of no nation yes that's right first assignment beast of no nation Watch it. <laughs> also, going back to the filmmaking stuff, Vimeo just unveiled this new initiative called Share the Screen, where they're going to be helping female filmmakers fund their projects, teach them the business, and help them promote the actual movies they make. And their CEO, Carrie Trainer, had this quote. From its beginning, Vimeo has always stood for democratization of filmmaking and of sharing videos and of gaining access to audiences. When we see all the information from the past couple years about just how wide the gender equality gap is in the entertainment industry, lending our support, identifying and celebrating female voices made all the sense in the world. So this year they're going to be funding at least five projects and they were meeting with different ones at Sundance. So I think it's an important issue and I'm glad they're tackling it. Yeah, that's that's kind of something that gets, I guess, overlooked when it comes to diversity in filmmaking. And it's definitely something I mean, I know and and it gets kind of clumped in with everything else and kind of put on the back burner often. So I'm glad that that's happening. Bring attention to it. Right. Absolutely. And actually, this kind of ties in. So one of my favorite I guess new filmmakers is a woman by the name of Elizabeth Wood and she just she put out a film that premiered at Sundance called uh, White Girl and it's really good it actually features a buddy of mine scene from Denisha and scene plug really young plug really young plug 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 <laughs> but um but it's great it's an awesome movie and I mean she's you know she's a female filmmaker and the movie even though it's called white girl it actually it, the cast is predominantly um latino so and aside from all of that it's actually it did really well incredible reviews and i can't i can't wait for more of the same because with with everything with any craft and any art your gender your race your age everything has to do with your perspective and it influences your perspective. So it's really nice to get different perspectives on something that we're all familiar with, which is, you know, relationships and 
all of that. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go to a song break and we'll be right back. Sports. 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 Sports.
Sports, sports, dude. Sports. Sports. Bro. Let's talk about surfing, dude. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Kev, what's going on this week surfing? Uh, surf? We should just have a segment where we talk about fake sports. Not, not like yeah. fake sports, but fake stuff going on in certain sports. That yeah. would be great. Leroy. <laughs> uh, t- Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Leroy. Why, I was thinking Jenkins too. Why yeah. was that the Me first too. Why did we all think that? That's the, isn't that like a Chappelle show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Leroy <laughs> Jenkins. That's right. We just finished watching. That's how embedded Chappelle show is. Chappelle show. Into everyone's yeah. brains. Yeah. Why didn't you? You know Leroy from our school? Yeah. I feel like that's it. that was his like Facebook name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's really Just true. that name, Jenkins, <laughs> is like the greatest name ever. <laughs> Alright, well, let's talk about re- sports. I don't know if this is real or fake, but Blake Griffin from the Clippers. No, it's real. It's real. It sounds fake. It sounds fake, it sounds but fake. it is real. But basically this dude punched... His assistant equipment manager so hard, he broke his hand. And it was like when they were out and he's at out. dinner, right? Yeah, supposedly, Four to six weeks. supposedly they're buddies, too. Yeah, they were like buddies. That's extremely uncharacteristic of Blake Griffin. Is it? Or, I, I, no, I, I mean, it I don't know. I don't, I don't. It just, the it story came out of It doesn't seem like stuff that he would no, do, you, but... You're yeah. right. It came out of... I, when I heard it, I thought it was... Like a joke. I thought it was fake. It's like, funny because when I first started to read the headline or the story, I thought it was you know usually they punch a wall or something. Right. <laughs> no. Then it was he punched so a guy. <laughs> yeah, like, or a fire extinguisher. <laughs> that happens too. <laughs> oh, um, right. Yeah, but photos haven't come out of this guy's face. And I we can't would. imagine <laughs> it looks the same. I'm sure, it exploded. Could you imagine Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin Blake punching Griffin's, you so what hard? What is he like six eight? Oh my god. Forget about it. <laughs> like a hammer hitting your face, man. But <laughs> that happened. Um You know what's what's actually fun? Sorry. <laughs> I heard he was so they were out on a road trip, right? Like they were on a road trip yeah. and they they were out at dinner. In a restaurant, yeah. They were out at a restaurant, they got into an argument and outside he punched them. And apparently <laughs> he Blake Griffin was dealing with a quad injury. And he was supposed to make his first... Like He was supposed to come back oh, during this road trip. Wow. Could you imagine if the argument was like, yeah, I'm going to come back, man. Nah, man, you're not ready. Like, <laughs> your quad's not ready. No, nah, man, I'm going to come back. Meet me outside show you. And then... He, <laughs> Four to six weeks. Oh, my God. So, all right, what else? Yeah. What other um, fake news? Staying on the West Coast, um, there's actually going to be a street off of Dodger Stadium named... Vince Scully after their this dude's been broadcasting for like I don't even know forever this dude no joke was there when Brooklyn was in New York I think oh wow oh, and, wow. and I think came over to he, LA. yeah he got to like say Jackie Robinson's name Whoa. on the mic like that's how old this guy is so he's, he's a legend he's part of the franchise the lore of the franchise yeah so they're naming Elysian Park Ave to Vince Scully Avenue. Cool. That's awesome. Which is great. Well deserved. Um, Serena Williams lost at the Australian US Open. I'm an idiot. I was like up at 4 a.m. Yeah. And I'm like, "Eh, I can't sleep. Why don't I watch this game? Biggest mistake. 
she was playing terribly, making like the stupidest mistakes. It wasn't herself. Um, who who was she, she playing? She got outplayed by Angelique Kerber, a German. Mm-hmm. Uh, her first, she won her first title. Um, actually, Serena Williams <laughs> um, is chasing her twenty-second major title to tie Steffi Graf and failed again. This is like the second <laughs> oh. time she failed. So yeah, that that happened. And I can't I haven't seen I didn't see the game. I for whatever reason in match. my head I can't the match. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't see her losing. No, it was <laughs> awful. It's one probably of those things the where the worst. I don't watch tennis like that. But it was probably like the worst yeah. game I've seen played in a tennis court. Like oh. she had 23 unforced errors in the first set. Oh my you know, they have like three different sets in tennis. Wow. Yeah. So it's not even that like the other player won because she was so great. It was more like she was good enough yeah. to deal with Serena's mistakes. But Yeah. She didn't make any mistakes or any. Yeah. She was just playing like solid to... tennis, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I would assume that was jarring to watch. Like the equivalent, anytime we see like a god, a sports god go down like that. I mean, she's lost before, but was it the equivalent of watching, like hearing that Ronda Rousey got knocked out and watching it, or was it borderline? Yeah, it's this yeah. girl's first major win ever. That's insane. It was like she was an underdog, and you know, Good Serena the great lost, but yeah, and. Tying into a discussion we had last week about Stephen Curry and three-pointers, this, there was this pretty cool article in the New York Times just talking about like the history of the three-pointer and mm. how it's evolved over the years. And I didn't even know. I learned so much of that article. Like They basically said it was a gimmick at first. Yeah, right. it was like, I think it was the Knicks coach or something saying like, oh, three-pointer is like, not real. It's a gimmick. Yeah, well, I mean, could you imagine today if they decided that, you know, from half court to from half court four to, points? Yeah, it's like <laughs> four points. That's a gimmick, right? But in twenty years, people are going to be shooting half court shots. I think there's actually talk about that too. But that'll be a gimmick. But yeah, I actually didn't know that like three pointers officially started what 36 years ago or something Which like that not a lot yeah of time it's not a lot of time like my dad was born and there was not a three-point shot That's, yeah it's almost insane to think about yeah and i think like the first year or the first few years teams were averaging about two three-pointers a game <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they weren't used attempts, to attempts not three points made attempts <laughs> Oh, that's, that's before. And then shortly after, goggles were introduced. And they could see that far. Like, you get accustomed to what you know. And then, you know, you, like, fast forward to today. And I think the status, like, 27, 28 attempts per it's game. Also, it's the safest way to play, man. Why drive and, like, risk hurting your body for two points when you can just kind of sit back and Depends. jack one up? Especially if you're a shooting guard, that's why Ray Allen and players who are spot up shooters play for so long. And yeah, so, you know. That's true. I'm looking at it uh, right now. Basically, it, it, just even like the '95 '96 season, 16 attempts per game. 
Yeah. Almost so half. This is like slowly rising. Right. Jordan's prime years and Larry Bird and stuff. And look at how small the number is. I mean, you brought it up. Larry Bird, considered one of the greatest scorers of mm-hmm. all time and shooters of all time. Steph Curry already, what, in a couple years has had more three-pointers than he did his whole career. Right. So that's that just puts into perspective what a tool it's, I guess it's not a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> but, not anymore. Yeah. So not much more happened this week in sports, but next week, guys. Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. I think it's time we do some picks. All right. Who wants picks, to get us started? Picks? picks? Panthers. Panthers. Panthers? Panthers? Uh, no. no, Panthers. No. I, I'm going to be the, the, the odd one out here. Uh-oh. I'm going to go Broncos. You're going Broncos? Look, no way. Kev, I've been meaning to talk to you about this, to all of you about this, by the way. <laughs> We're all too nice. Like, one of us has to be the Skip Bayless of the sports <laughs> segment. <laughs> and Kev, if that's got to be you, you've uh, got to be willing to take <clears throat> that burden. I wouldn't say my main reason, but top three reasons. I don't. I don't. I'm not big into Cam Newton. He's like. But you can't deny how good he is. No, no. Wait, respect, do you, do you want him respect. to win? Just, just out of curiosity, is it a preference thing, or you, you think they're going to win? The Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Why you got to be like that? <laughs> um, Come on, Skip. I think that the Broncos could take it. Okay. Because um, I think the Broncos have the best defense right now in yeah. the game. Yeah. Yep. They're the only team that could probably stop Carolina right now. Or slow them down at least. The only thing, and one of the reasons I want the Broncos to win, is Peyton Manning. And he might be one of the reasons why they lose. Because, you know, he's getting older. and That shoulder. That shoulder. And yeah. he was injured, I think, earlier in the season. Yeah, he was benched. He was yeah, straight he was up benched. benched. Oh, he, yeah. threw, he threw four Can't interceptions <laughs> the year he or the game that he set the reception record. Was <laughs> the reception record? or was it the was it the yards? Which which one was it? Yeah, I don't know, but he got legitimately benched. He broke this a record record. that day. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's the all time leader now. And that was yards. it. That was it. Yeah. that's what it is. Yards. That's yeah. what you were looking for. Yeah, but. It's it's coming a lot from like being a fan of the Peyton, so I, okay. I want him to get it. That's fair, man. He's a great quarterback. Jack, what do you think? Cam Newton will dab his way <sighs> to victory. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I agree. I I hope. I'm sorry, and this is nothing personal, Kev. It's all good. I'm not trying to shit on <laughs> on your sports <laughs> beliefs, but man, I hope that cam celebrates after every first down definitely like i hope that he throws five touchdowns and rubs it in everybody's face because i'm just so tired of (sighs) old like announcers and just saying oh he he doesn't play the game the right way (laughs) he's too over the top i hate that like like joe namath wasn't who he was you know like Brett Favre wasn't who he was who Mm. would tackle his his teammates in the end zone after touchdowns so I just dude Tom Brady's the loudest player Tom Brady 
talks so much shit. He's, yeah. he's the yeah. loudest player on the field, but the refs are so quick to run up and help him up after he gets sacked. I've yeah, I don't think I've seen. I haven't. To be fair, I haven't followed the Panthers all season. Right, mm-hmm. I, I don't have time for that. But I've watched every playoff game. When Cam Newton gets sacked, no, no three refs run up and ask if he's okay and help him up. Look, I, and it's I'm not even trying to make this like a thing. You know, it's not. It is a thing, but I'm oh, not. Absolutely. But it, I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not. My perspective comes from I just I hate the lack of consistency when it comes to how we see these NFL, these younger NFL players of this new generation. And I just I don't know. I I want to see Cam Newton succeed and have fun succeeding because he represents the youth. Cam Newton represents the youth. And Peyton Manning represents old people. Uh, but for real though, <laughs> last play fourth quarter, Peyton Manning will dab after that winning if throw. If Peyton Manning dabs <laughs> after throwing the touchdown, then I, I I'll be okay with that. I'll be okay with him winning. It's going to be a great game. I think two I of the best so. defenses. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Peyton Manning, one of the best of all time. Cam is having a hell of a year. Yeah, he's doing it in multiple ways. They need to, if Carolina doesn't score in the second half, they will not win that game. They need to score in the second half. They have this thing where they score 50 points in the first half and then they just stop. Stop, yeah. And then games suddenly get close when they shouldn't. Happen in Seattle. It even kind of happened during the Cardinals game, at least the beginning of the second half. It can't happen here because that defense is for real. The Broncos. That's defense. what. That's what I was gonna bring up too. The, the Broncos have some like redemption to do. That yeah. Super Bowl they played in was awful. What if he gets blown out again? What would what would that do to Peyton Manning's legacy to get blown out again and lose another Super Bowl? There's already the uh, the narrative of like he can't play in snowy conditions and all that stuff. Now, I don't know. I think Peyton Manning is. Legacy wise, almost like LeBron, where mm. he's just the knock on him is losing when it counts, and he has all of the statistics, and nobody denies his greatness. But at the end of the day, he's not Tom Brady, the same way LeBron's not Kobe. Yeah, they're two different sports because people are quick to deny LeBron his greatness, and that's a ridiculous argument for another day. It is ridiculous, but, but yeah, and I mean, uh, again, and they're in different stages of their career. I think once yeah. LeBron gets up there, where he's you know closer to retirement, the, yeah. the narrative will shift. But I think for the their their entire careers, that has been kind of the neg- the narrative, where for all of the accolades and all of the stats, LeBron has w- lost three finals yeah mm-hmm. and if Peyton were to lose again in the Super Bowl I think it would just be a similar it would be an interesting parallel where Peyton can't win the big game even though he has the same way LeBron you know LeBron has but yeah I don't know it so kind of the last question on this do you guys think not winning this Super Bowl will affect Peyton Manning Peyton Manning's legacy like the fact that he'll have two Super Bowls under his belt instead of one. Do you think that will be more significant than if he lost another Super Bowl? Like what in does it matter? I but personally I think he can go out and he can lose this one. I don't think it's gonna matter. Yeah. Because if you win two Super Bowls, if we're gonna compare it to anything else like LeBron, he can win two more, but if he doesn't win six, then it doesn't matter, right? That that idea of Tom Brady's already so far ahead now that people love to compare the two that in mm. terms of Super Bowl rings doesn't matter he's still going to be one of the greatest of all time right. i don't think two super bowls 
makes that much of a difference than one when he's already played in three, in this two. Uh, he's played in. I think this would be his fourth Super Bowl. He's, this would be his third. third. This would be his third. third. Yeah. No, fourth. 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 He won once against the Bears when he was with the Colts. Then he lost, lost to the to Saints. The Saints. Yeah. With the Colts. And then lost the to the Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. This fourth. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, and w- the way I, I look at the Super Bowl is whether or not Peyton Manning loses or wins, I don't think it affects his career that much. He's still going to go down as one of no, the best. His of all name time. is all over the record books. All on the top. For like, those who are willing to, who care to look and who don't just count rings, you know. Yeah. Real recognize real. Peyton is <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I think that if if the Panthers won, that would be such a statement for Cam and, and the whole Carolina organization after that same team going I think they won like three games last year. They tied yeah. one. They they had a not a very underwhelming season last year. That same team come together. Yeah. Truly get better. Coaching mm-hmm. staff, all that stuff, and almost go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. I think that's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. If if Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are Kobe and LeBron, then Cam would be Steph Curry. The up and comer, yeah. Right. That's yeah. And fun fact, Steph Curry repping that Carolina. It's where he's from. Yeah, right? yeah. That's right. <laughs> so Great connection. Man. What do you think, Jack? You gonna say something? Unless something really tragic were to happen in the game, I agree. I don't think it'll affect him too much. I'm just glad that the Panthers killed the Cardinals. I'm so glad that happened. <laughs> oh, just yeah. for the sake of the Green Bay fan in me, Still I needed hurt. to see. I'm, st- I'm forever hurt, bro. These are scars <laughs> that will never go away. Look, man, Carson Palmer looked a lot less elusive that game. Yeah, I didn't see any spins. Didn't spin out of any. I didn't see any spins <laughs> that game. <laughs> but we're going to find out. We'll, we'll talk about it, and it's going to be great. I think this is the one of the better scenarios that could have played out. We've got such a great matchup for the Super Bowl this year. Let's go to a song break, and we'll be uh, right back on Group Chat. Orange 
That was Disappearing by The War on Drugs, and we are back, but not for long. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I just, look, man, I just, I want to say thank you to everyone listening. This is, you know, this is just the four of us talking about things we love, things we're into, and it's just great that you all are tagging along for the ride and, you know, helping us out helping us do what we love to do uh shout out to all the people around the world listening i know we got people listening from the uk canada france germany australia south africa netherlands estonia estonia's in the building estonia brazil (laughs) japan switzerland russia italy korea ghana mexico taiwan ukraine saudi arabia Angola, Poland, Spain, <laughs> Martinique, Thailand, Czech Republic, Belgium, Denmark, Hong Kong, all over the place. Indonesia, Romania, uh, Puerto Rico, New Zealand. It goes on and on. Egypt, Hungary, Portugal, Argentina, Iceland, Norway, Jordan, Austria. This is, yeah, I mean, it's geez. amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh my God. So thank you, everyone. I know, Kev, you want to shout out some cities? These yeah. are real places from our SoundCloud statistics, by the way. Yeah, I'm not making this up. Yeah, man. Every city, really. London, up there. LA, New York, Bronx. Bronx, New York, somehow. (laughs) Um, Tallinn, Estonia, Vancouver, Houston, San Jose, Philadelphia, Dallas, Baltimore, Leeds, UK, Hialeah, Florida. Hialeah. That's, yeah, that's like that's, that's like Juwan and I's uncle or something. Mississauga, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Canada. That's crazy. I don't even know. Uberlandia in Brazil. Uber every fucking way. Free rolls in my view. That sounds crazy. Uberlandia. That yeah, sounds I mean, like the most amazing place. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so tropical and like Uber everywhere. Uh, Laval, Victoria, Danville, Columbus, Georgia, Melbourne, Stockton. Man. Yeah. Thank you guys. Crazy. Well, this guy's on. Shouting us out on Twitter. Um, shout out to Luciana Maria. Man. Showed us a ton of love. Real fan. Yeah. Right well, while we were live on uh, 1234 World Station. Only Wednesday. on Dash Radio. Only on plug, Dash plug, Radio. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> Speaking of plug, plug time. It's plug time. Plug time. Plug, time. plug, 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 plug time. Plug. Plug. All right. Juan, where can we find you? You can find me at Juan Gonzalez27 at, on Twitter, Instagram. Imagination, Detonation on Instagram and ID Plus NYC on Twitter. Wait, French. I want to go back and do mine in an accent now, too. <laughs> oh, that's great. Kev, where can we find you? Sure, you can find me at. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, hold on. <laughs> what is <laughs> happening? Same old Kev. Same old Kev. On everything. All right, I'm not even gonna try to do that. <laughs> this is gonna come off so wrong. You can find me on Soft Glass, S O F T G L A S, on anything dude? and everything. Instagram, where's Twitter. This, where's this dude from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joel, what accent is that? Oh man. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week. Thanks again, everyone who listened. Thanks again, Daniel. Thanks again, Dash Radio. Thank you, Ski. And that's it. Later.
Later, guys. Peace. Bow, bow, bow.